Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All things covered, listeners and viewers. And for the casual Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, we have a treat for you guys. If you love defensive football, if you love quality sound cornerback play, we got one of the best to ever do in the National Football League. Played his entire career for the Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is a Super Bowl champion as well. Five-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler member of the 2000s All-Decade Team, and most recent news, finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, what we call football heaven. Rondé Barber is now joining us here, All Things Covered, Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden. Rondé, first and foremost, thank you for joining us. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I got to apologize right off the stop. My voice is gone. I was yelling at the game the other day. Uh, <laughs> Had a long weekend. People were making me talk all the time. So if uh, if I'm a little hoarse, uh, it doesn't mean my words aren't still meaningful. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Hey, it, it's a great it's a great time to be associated with the Buccaneers. So no no love lost, man. We appreciate you joining us, man. Let's get right to the nitty gritty, man. You, of course, you have a brother, you have a twin. But when was it clear to you that you were better suited to play defense? Because your brother your brother played offense, played running back. But at what point in time for you did you feel like you know what I need to go ahead and play on this defensive side? Hey, did, did you guys ever play high school or little league football? And they were, well, probably not y'all. Y'all are great athletes. Where <laughs> where somebody on the team was just better than you? Uh, uh, I, I, I school was, not. I was on a team from uh, eight years old till twenty till twenty years old, where there was a dude that looked just like me that was better than me. Uh. So, and he was running the ball every day, every, every damn time. So mm-hmm. it, it it was it was clear very very early in my football life that I was going to have to do something else other than be a running back because uh, he was just really good at it. And um, yeah. it really took shape, Brian, to answer your question uh, when we got to high school. Um, you know, because in, in middle school we both did everything. You know, we played linebacker, corner, both ran the ball out of the wing tee or whatever. And then we got to, to high school, and it was he started as a, as a sophomore. High school was <laughs> ten through twelve for us. He he got there, and I'm I'm on the bench. <laughs> I'm not doing any, <laughs> anything. Um, and then uh, about three or four games into that year, our starting safety got hurt, and uh, they put me in, and I've, I've been a defensive back ever since. So. Oh, wow. Out of necessity. It was out of necessity, dog. And do and, and do Tiki do Tiki hold any like bragging rights over you being drafted higher than you? 
He tries to, but you know, <laughs> at the end, at the end of the day, those those thirty picks. So interesting Ooh. stat here. He was oh. the sixth pick in the second round, uh -huh. and I was the sixth pick in the in the third round. That that same oh, yeah. year, I ended up. I had a redshirt year, but I came out. And um, <laughs> I'm always telling him, like, yeah, those, those that that number six is is very relevant because <laughs> he, he played ten years. I played six more years longer than him. So right. I, I, I may or may not have done that on purpose. So. Right. <laughs> and speaking, and speaking of the draft, well, you was uh, you got drafted to an already great defense. Like, sure. what was it like fighting for playing time as a rookie with you only playing one game as a rookie yep. and the Bucks being ranked the number two defense in 97? Yeah. What was that like? So that so uh, interestingly, Pat, that was the year that they turned into that defense, the defense that was pretty dominant for the next 10 years. It happened in 97. And uh, you won't even know this this guy's name, but he, he, he played in Arizona before he came to, to Tampa. Um, um, his uh, his name was um, uh, God, what was his name? I just forgot his name just now. I just had it on top of my tongue. Uh, Anthony. Anthony something, but he, he was an older free agent. Right. And he came to Tampa um, th that year in 97, we had drafted Donnie Abraham in 1996, basically in the same spot that they drafted me. Donnie was, was all rookie team. I think he had five or six interceptions his rookie year and they drafted me thinking I was going to be the same guy. And I was not the same guy. <laughs> I, was, I was not ready uh, for what it took to be a, a, a professional corner. Even though I had great success in college, you know, I was, I led the nation interceptions, my redshirt freshman year at Virginia, you know, I was all American. I was all ACC three times, all that, all that jazz. I thought I was ready, but I wasn't ready. And so for me, it was, a, it was a humbling experience, right? It, but, it, but I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade not playing in those, 15 other games for the, for the drive and, and, and understanding what it took to be a pro that I got my first year. Um, uh, and it, 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 it really, you know, that sense of chip on your shoulder, you're not good enough. That lasted for 15 years, man. Um, and uh, it's the reason why I, I, I to me, I, I credit that for the reason why I had success that I did, but that defense was good, man. It was Brooks was already there. Hardy Nickerson was our middle linebacker. John Lynch was really starting to ascend. I already mentioned Donnie. Um, Warren Sapp was, you know, Warren already. Right. He was the most <laughs> dominant defensive tackle I'd ever seen. We had Marcus Jones at one defensive end. We, we were we were fundamentally sound, but really aggressive and strong defense. And it was hard to find a spot. Yeah. And when did you realize, you know, with some of the names you've mentioned, you just mentioned that you guys could potentially be an all-time great defense? Um. I think, I think it was then, you know, uh -huh. I think, uh, you know, the numbers started to speak for themselves when you put other people's films on, they didn't look like our film. We were doing things different than other people were doing. Obviously is when the, 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 the nexus of the Tampa two, uh, came into, into being because we played it all the time. And one of the things that, um, people don't give us credit for on that defense, even though people say it was one of the greatest defense ever yeah. is that we didn't do a lot. We, we played a lot of two. We played weak and strong, uh, three high. Yep. And we played man. That was it. And then in 1998, or the end of 97, beginning of 98, Monty started incorporating all these zone blitzes and these blitz, 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 blitz packages. And that's where I fit in. Because uh, in 1998, the guy that was starting ahead of me got hurt. And 
You know, it was my first opportunity and I grabbed it and never gave it back. He never saw his job again uh, because I was having so much success playing inside. And then I gradually ended up playing outside as well. And, and that's how Rondé Barber started. It wasn't like, you know, we knew this guy was going to be great. He just kind of happened uh, because I because I'm because of my opportunity. And I remember last year, me and Pat P, we had Mike Tomlin on and we were talking about his Tampa Bay Buccaneer days. He was just secondary yeah. coach, by the way. Yep. And he had a, a funny way of uh, just basically explaining the defenders you had, the luxury around a playing with and guys he coached. He said those guys look like what they hunted. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when yeah. he said it, right. Like what? But yeah. when you think what about, <laughs> yeah, when he, what he said, man, those guys, I had a bunch of guys, it was a bunch of guys that looked like what they hunted. You know what I mean? So when you think about hunting in the jungle, in the forest, whatever, you know, those guys were skillful, very, very athletic, fast. And that's why it all came together. And you talked about the 98 season. What about 1999, the NFC championship game? You guys matched up the with the greatest show on turf. And at that time, some people felt like that was one of the best offenses that we saw in the National Football League, but you guys did a better job on defense than anyone else uh, against them. And get this, that team scored in the 30s or 40s, 13 of the 18 ball games they played, five times they scored in the 20s. You held them to 11, but you lost 11 to six. How difficult was it to know that you did your job exceptionally well, but you still can't get the job done? Yeah, 11, 11 to six on a last second touchdown too. Mm, you know, yeah, it was a crazy game. If you told, if you would have told us at the beginning of the uh, of uh, of the playoffs that we were going to see St. Louis uh, in St. Louis and hold them to eleven points, we would say we would be in the Super right. Bowl. There's no, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Um, that 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 ninety nine team that that was when I think all of our key components were at their starting to hit their prime right mm-hmm. obviously it carried on for three more years into 2002 we won our super bowl but 99 was the year when we were like okay we are this good you know you did it once in 97 98 it was still a really good defense 99 it was like all right we all got this and and really because we did so little on defense there we were able to practice every possible scenario that offenses would give us so mm-hmm there was no confusion. There was never a time when a guy didn't do his job. And if there was a time when you did not do your job well, you knew exactly why you didn't do it well. It was easy, easily to, easy to correct that. Mm-hmm. So when we saw St. Louis in the NFC Championship game, you know, they were that, that, that wide-open West Coast type of offense. There wasn't a play they ran that we weren't expecting, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're only playing three or four defenses and throwing some pressures at them, you know exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. So uh, and at that point we were we were humming pretty well. So was it frustrating? Yeah, because you know we're of the, of the core group of guys that were on those defenses for that long. We thought we should have been to two or three Super Bowls. We thought we were that good on defense to to drive our team that far. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't. But we put ourselves in position to be there, uh, and you know it was just it was it was destined to be when two thousand two came along. Put it that way. And that's a unique perspective when you talk about how simple your defensive playbook was, you know what I mean? And being able to only have a few amount of plays and go over everything offensively that you potentially could see. Walkthroughs for days. Walkthroughs for days. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I know that was beneficial. And uh, But, no, speaking of, uh, obviously, the years that you guys felt like you, you was getting 
you know, to the promised land. But over the next two years, the team took a step back and lost in the wild card and replaced Tony Dungeon with John Gruden. What were yeah. your thoughts at the time about the coaching change? Yeah, um, I think we were all a little you know, hesitant to believe that it was the right decision. Um, you know, Tony was Tony's father figure, man. I don't know if you've ever been around him, Pat or Bryant, mm-hmm. but he is he's a he's a man that you know, that I'm always in awe of just the way that he handles himself. Um, he teaches you how to succeed. He teaches you how to fail. He teaches you, um, you know, how to deal with happiness and grief. I mean, there, there's so many superlatives that describe this, this individual, not just the coach, just the individual. Um, and then on top of that, he's a great football coach. He's great at, at relating to his men and, and getting them to play the way he, the way that he expects them to play. And he's, he's one of those guys you just never wanted to disappoint. So you mentioned it, Pat, 90 or 2000 and 2001, we had one, uh, one common, uh, one com, uh, commonality. We couldn't beat the damn Philadelphia Eagles. We had a minute playoff both of those years and we couldn't get past them for, yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, I think we lost to them four straight times. Uh, before mm-hmm. we finally beat him in an FC championship game in 2002. But essentially what we looked at it is that we disappointed uh, Tony by not being able to beat that team and it eventually got him fired. So you bring in John and I, and then I think the hesitancy was, was warranted because of all of our success that we had had with Tony, but mm-hmm. John came in with a different energy, dude. <laughs> he's, he's a different cat and he put expectations on all of us. You know, we had it. We held ourselves to a standard on defense uh, uh, throughout all those years. Uh, there was a there was a game we played in the New York Giants. We held them to 112 yards on 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 def- of, of offense, right? And total. Yeah, total. We lost the game because uh, I think Trent Dilfer threw a, threw a couple of interceptions, one of them for a touchdown, right? So they beat us. Our, our wow. standard, our standard when we went to our meetings on that next Monday was that their defense played better than our defense. Oh, hey, hey, Rondé, do you remember your defensive weekly goals? Like, you can't allow a certain amount of points, certain amount of yards. Do you remember? Yeah, I I remember. Ours in Pittsburgh was like fifteen or sixteen or something like that. Ours was if if you if we if they score less than sixteen points, we we win, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. uh, We had a. God, how many how many explosives we were allowed to? I think we only were supposed to buy like two or three explosives a game, mm-hmm. no hundred yard rushers, all, yep. all that stuff. Uh, but so that was our standard. So when so when John came in, he more or less put that same mentality, different because he's a different type of coach on his offense, right? So it, it, so for, from us, from a defensive side, we're like, oh, this is different, you know. John's expecting his offense to carry this team to victory, not just his defense to carry his team to victory. And he challenged us. John challenged us that year. He told us we needed nine interceptions for touchdowns or nine, nine touchdowns on defense and we'd win the Super Bowl. We're like, wow. okay. But his very first meeting with us was exactly that. I'm sure some guys have told you, look, we are going to win a Super Bowl this year. Okay. And we just bought in and went to work from that day, that day forward. Uh, but different coaching styles and eh, I, I say it often. I say it tongue in cheek a lot. I think anybody could have coached us to a Super Bowl in 2002. Yeah, a lot of people say that. Yeah, we were a really good football team, man. Yeah, we had some 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 requisite parts that came in, uh, like Keenan McCardell, uh, Joe Jervicious came in. 
Brad Johnson was our starting quarterback for for second year, mm-hmm. and we we're ready to win. You know, Michael Pittman. You know, he was valuable. All stop yeah. will still be an all stop. We had Keyshawn yeah. Johnson, who we picked up the year before. Uh, you know, we were ready to win, and uh, it, I don't think there was any holding us back. No doubt, no doubt. And we'll get to uh, Super Bowl thirty seven in just a sec. But man, we want you to we want you to take us through that outstanding game seal and interception against McNabb in two thousand two, <laughs> NFC Championship game against the Eagles. Yeah. Do you remember the play call? And oh, yeah. what put you in position to be able to come through and, with that huge interception? And Pat, have you ever had one of those games, man, where you're just like, no matter what you do, whether you do it right or wrong, you're always right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so that was me, that game, right? And and I think once you get in the playoffs and people, you know, it's hard to explain this to people. I was trying to explain this on, on a, on a Bucks.com earlier today. Like when you get in the playoffs, it's hyper focused, right? Like you, you understand that one play, any play, could be the difference in the game, right? Mm-hmm. So I went into that year, especially after having lost the two previous years to Philly, understanding that any little uh, thing that I do, do right or wrong is going to impact this game. So we started that game, right? And, and again, we were very familiar with Philly, understood their offense, understood what they were trying to do to us. I think I had a, I think I recorded a stat in every single defensive category. Pat, wow. Pass breakup, interception, obviously. I had a sack, tackle for loss, fumble calls, a sack fumble. Wow. Um, uh, there, there wasn't one that I didn't have. And, uh, wow. and uh, so by the end of the game, um, you know, we're, we're, it's pretty comfortable lead. I think it was 21 or no, what was it 21? No, that was the score. Whatever the score was, Donovan's Donovan driving down the field like Donovan did. He just always escaped. He found ways to extend plays and, you know, pump, pump, pump. And at that point, we're just playing hurry up defense, right? So you know what the call is going to be. It's either going to be it's either going to be a pressure. He's going to call like a, 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 a four week pressure or he's calling cover two. He's not he's Monty was not going to put us in any kind of three deep without pressure coming. So mm-hmm. most of that drive was covered too, right? It was in and we're giving up the space. Like catch the ball in front of us, we'll come up and make tackles. Clock is our clock is our friend, right? Yeah. More of the clock runs, more of the clock runs. Now so money, whenever he felt team gaining momentum, he would call a blitz. Like blitz is coming. So let's get to that play, Brian. So they get they Donovan does this freaking miracle act and escapes from Simeon and, you know, Sap rolls out to his left, crosses his body, bam, does like a 30-yard pass down to like the 10-yard line or 12-yard line. And we run up to, you know, run up to the snap, and Monty's calling cover two, cover two, cover two, or red two, too, so it looks like a soft shell. Mm-hmm. So in red two, because it's a soft shell, the corners look like they're off a little bit. It could be a pressure, Right. So in my yeah. mind, I'm like, I'm gonna faint like this is a pressure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend like I'm, I'm blitzing through this B gap right here. And Donovan thought it was a blitz, and we're playing cover two, and I'm, I'm a seam dropper, and so he throws a little hot to the seam to Antonio Freeman, and it was, you know, it was one of those awkward catches, right? You know, yeah. it was out, of, out, outside the frame, but it stuck. And <laughs> 92 yards later, I'm telling, that I'm, was telling the, I'm telling those Eagles fans to piss off. <laughs> And do, and do the Eagle fans still hate you because of that? Oh, yeah. I embrace the hate, though. <laughs> hey, well, our producer's an Eagle fan, so. Yeah, big Eagle fan. <laughs> yeah, you're a big, big Eagle, Eagle fan. fan. 
And speaking of that, do you think that that helped you a lot coming from the outside in understanding what the corners are doing? Like you said, in the red zone, red shoot, sure. they playing soft, but but you playing outside, playing inside, now being a nickel, yeah. now you're faking a bit blitz, you understanding what the corners do, now it puts you in a better position to make Absolutely. that. Absolutely. If, if, if there was one thing that made me unique is that because I played outside and then slid inside Mm -hmm. is that I I did understand what the whole defense, what the whole shell of the defense was in in reality, Pat, Herm Edwards was my first DB coach when I came here to Tampa. And Mm -hmm. uh, in that that first year, you're talking about it. When I, when I was not playing, he's like, all right, I know you're not going to get the snaps at corner that you want, but I need some versatility out of you. Take some, he knew I played safety at times. He's like, go take some safety reps and practice you know, be the backup nickel, the third string nickel, wherever the heck I was. So, mm-hmm. I, like, by the end of my rookie year, I knew the all five positions in the in the, mm-hmm. on the back end, right? Mm-hmm. And so, when I finally became our starting nickel, teams would get to put tip, uh, uh, intentionally put us in 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 five person in five personnel, right, and try to run the football. And we wanted to stay at nickel, so Lovey Smith who was my, uh, our linebacker coach at that point mm-hmm. said, you know what, you're good enough to learn smart enough to learn how to fit up these runs. Like we, we can make you fit like a will linebacker in nickel. Mm-hmm. So when teams try to run out of this, you can, you can go make play. That's why I had, I had 88 tackles for loss Pat in my, in my career. It was wow. because it's because I played like a linebacker in, in sub defense, you know, I'm, I'm blitzing run away. I'm running through the through the backside a gap and make a tackle for loss. And people are like, where the hell did that dude come from? Like, because ah. most nickel corners weren't doing that. They were in there just no. the corner. But and I was in there. Like, yeah, the, the, that backside a gap. That's 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 heavy. You got to be yeah. a big body to get up yeah. in there. Well, and if you got a puller, if you got one of the guards to pull, you had to scrape over top of the center and fit on the other other a gap. And yes. I understood all those run fits, so it allowed me to make a ton of—I mean, a ton of plays, man. So, so back to your back to your question, Pat. Yeah, that that understanding understanding what the whole defense was supposed to do, uh, it, it definitely helped me anticipate and make a lot lot of plays. Uh, it went out, especially when I was inside. Yeah. And, and talking about your plays, numbers don't lie. Uh, listeners and viewers, let me give you uh, some quick stats. Just, we're not going to break down all of Rondé's statistics, but 15 career touchdowns, nine pick sixes, four fumble returns, two kick returns. Why was it that you just seemed like you had a knack for getting to the end zone? Tell us about just that habit of always finding a way to get into the end zone. Oh, man, just... If you anticipate where the ball is going to be, you can find the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was just always going to the ball. You know, there's a lot of players now, man. Play doesn't go their way. They're, they're chilling. I had an interception my last year. Uh, we were playing Kansas City at home, and I was playing safety at that point. I played safety my last year in the league. Yeah. And our nickel corner, uh, his name was EJ Biggers. He was covering, I can't remember, somebody in the slot. EJ and, from South Florida. He went to yeah, South Florida. Exactly. Right? exactly. Yep. You know EJ. Oh, yeah, exactly. So he, he has his pass breakup. The ball goes to the ground, and it's underneath the receiver's hand, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm hauling ass to the to the ball. Just, you know, just run into the damn ball. Well, I get there just before it hits the ground and snag it and pick it up, score, right? 
you know, everybody's like, no, it's incomplete, incomplete. Like, no, I, I caught that damn thing. I promise you that did, that ball did not hit, hit, hit the ground. And so I scored. Um, but for me, a lot of it was anticipation. Um, and, and really, I mean, Pat, you've done this. I know I've seen you play, bro. You, you take, you take educated guesses, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but, right. but I'm pretty confident that I'm right. Exactly. And I, I would, I would say, I don't know of those, those pick sixes, I would say about five of them were straight ass guesses. Just, I think I know where this ball's going. Yeah, I'm going in there, and and I, and I took it. Um, I had one. I remember it was against uh, Indianapolis, and they were in a hurry up. We were beating them by a lot. This is actually the game they came back and beat us on Monday Night Football, which was a crazy game. But I scored right before they they started their comeback. And the funny part about it was, I ended up on the wrong side of the defense. I wasn't on the two receiver side. I was on the other side because. Derek and I got, got stuck, you know, and hurry up. But when I got over there, I was like, I know exactly what play this coming. I know exactly what play is coming right here. We got a little bit of pressure. Peyton Manning tried to step up and, you know, throw across his body and he hit me right in the face. I scored. Um, but it was, it was, it was really just about, about understanding what was coming and then just finding a way to hustle your ass to the ball. It, you, it usually finds it. You know, it usually finds you when you do it. Yeah. Well, you did it well. You did it. You you did it well. One of the best all around corners I know. Me watching the game, man, just pfft, number twenty was hell. <laughs> well, I know a lot of my coaches like to use uh, use this, use it in an example, but be, be honest with you, I, it was the only way I could get on the football field. That's the way yeah. I looked at it. Like I, I was always waiting for somebody to take my job because I had took I'd taken somebody's job. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, to, to get my chance. So uh, it's also reason why I played hurt. It's the reason why I didn't, uh, why I didn't miss any games. Um, I just didn't want to see anybody else do my job. I thought I could. Yeah. Let's talk about the performance in the Super Bowl against the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, the way you guys dominated the Raiders offense, most people, for, you know, tend to forget that Rich Gannon was the league MVP that year. Yeah. But you know, why, why did you guys have so much success against the league MVP? Rich again in the Raiders offense. Well, well, I think I think uh, uh, Charlie Garner may have been the, the damn runner up for the MVP that year. Yeah, yeah, that. Charlie Garner. Uh, they had Tim Brown and Jerry Rice uh, at wide receivers. I think Jerry Porter was their other wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Young guy from uh, West Virginia. I can't West remember. Virginia. Yep. Yeah. Um, so they were talented offense, man. Rich Gannon was MVP for 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 a reason. Um, yeah. But we expected a whole bunch of Charlie Garner in that game. Cause if there was one area where we weren't great, it was run defense. I mean, we were, you know, we, we, we led the league in interceptions that year. Uh, I think we top two or three in pass defense. I'm not sure where we were ranked overall, but we were a great pass defense because we had great rushers up front, uh, you know, Simeon and, and Warren and, you know, uh, 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 a booger earlier in that year, but we had some, we had some, uh, some really good pass rushers. So it made our job easier on the back ends. But we get to Oakland, or I guess San Diego, to play Oakland in that Super Bowl. And, you know, they, they come out and they, they think they're going to throw the ball all over us. That that's literally was their game plan. We think we have better athletes than your corners and safeties, and we're going to throw the ball all over you. And it, it, by the second quarter, I think we already had three, three interceptions. 
two of them for touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and, and Dwight Smith, you know, he was our, he was our outside nickel corner that year. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went inside and he, you know, he had two interceptions for touchdowns, man. It was, yeah. you know, it was their yeah. game plan should have been let's use Charlie Garner as much as we can in a run game and try to shorten this, this, this team against, against this really good defense. But uh, you know, Hubris is a, is a mother, man. They thought they, they yeah. thought they were going to go out and, and dominate the best best pass defense in the league, and they and they just they weren't able to do it. Um, and we we didn't do anything complicated. And again, remember I told you guys earlier because we had so much we didn't do didn't do a lot. We had so much time to study route combinations and situational ball. That's essentially what it was. We had so much time to study situational ball and route combinations, and we kind of knew it was coming. It was mm-hmm. it was. I mean, I was I was watching the halftime show on TV. And in, in, in the in the locker room during that hey. 30, during that thirty minute uh, halftime, because it's just whoa whoa you were watching the halftime show yeah yeah Shania Twain I think it was <laughs> somebody I can't remember who it was maybe maybe Gwen Stefani I can't remember who it was what was yeah. the halftime score again uh, game over <laughs> wow I don't know, I don't know so, so with- with, with that being said, what was your, I guess, your greatest memory of you getting to your first Super Bowl then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that Super Bowl was weird, Pat, because uh, <clears throat> it was the only year that I can recall where there was no bye week. So it was, we got mm-hmm. on a plane from Philly, flew home that night, got on a plane Monday morning and went to the Super Bowl site. So mm-hmm. it, it was, it was hectic. You know, it wasn't like, you know, you get all that hype and pomp, yeah. and all that circumstance that, that that's now surrounding the Super Bowl. It right. was like, pe- pe- actually, we we get to damn San Diego, and everybody's expecting the Philadelphia Eagles to be there. <laughs> like, oh, oh, <laughs> damn, oh, we got, we got to get ready for the Bucks. We got to change all our <laughs> we got to change all, <laughs> all our stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I think we appreciated it um, after the fact more than during. Um, you know, just the, the, the nature of the accomplishment, it starts to weigh on you once you, you know, once you, you know, once you realize it's over when Derek Brooks intercepted that last pass, uh, that, that, that was our last touchdown of that game. Yeah. Uh, that's when everybody was like, this is done, done, you know, cause they made a little bit of a comeback. I think Jerry had a couple of catches late in that game and maybe even a touchdown. Um, but that last interception for a touchdown was, was, hey man, dream, dream accomplished. We actually did it. And, and, yeah. and that interception, that touchdown that Derek scored was our ninth score on defense that year. Wow. So, wow. so you it, got to that uh, point. It was kind of prophetic. You know, it was, uh, wow. we were, we were that, we were that team, you know, is, it and it's easy to say it's destiny, you know, af- after the fact, but right. you know, in our minds it was so. <laughs> Wow, so y'all got nine. Hey, Pat P, you still active, so this upcoming season, bro, <laughs> when y'all have y'all first meeting in training camp or OTAs when the team come together. Uh-huh. We need nine, nine. touchdowns. We get nine, nine touchdowns. touchdowns, we playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> we winning a champ. No, I'm sorry. What did, did group you say? Gruden said, we get nine, we winning the Super Bowl. Winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Pat no, P, man. that's the standard. <laughs> that's the standard. And talking about Derrick Brooks, being able to get that ninth touchdown for you guys defensively, D. Brooks, Warren Sapp, John Lynch are now all in the Hall of Fame. Yep. How do you feel, Rondé, about potentially getting that call or knock on your door this year? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody who's a finalist um, 
if you feel like it's your year every time you get nominated i mean it's it's mm -hmm. a, it's an i mean there's there's 352 hall of famers it's not it's not a big number man yeah, you yeah. Know, it, it's of all of considering the number of people that play every single year 1800 players in the league every single year 1800 plus players in the league every single year you know in over the course of you know the entirety of the league's existence only 350 some are in the hall of fame so yeah. you know to feel like that you're special being nominated is special becoming a semifinalist is special i've been a semifinalist mm -hmm. all, all five years i've been eligible um so i feel like my time is coming yeah, i was a finalist for the first time last year uh, second year as a finalist, you start to get that sense that the, the writers and the voters uh, do appreciate what you what you have out there. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm confident. I mean, last year, my first year as a finalist was hard. I mean, it, it, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson. Uh, I'm somewhere underneath all three of those, all three of those right? <laughs> and, then, and then Lynch had been waiting for eight years. Fanica had been waiting a long time, maybe just as long as Lynch had. So it, it, it wasn't my time. Um, but, you know, I, to answer your question, I feel like my time is, is, is here. Yeah. Um, I think people are starting have started to appreciate the body of my work, the value of the resume, the fact that it, it will probably, no corner will probably be able to do what I ever did uh, because the league has changed so much. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started blitzing a quarterback, you know, they were like, where the hell did that dude come from? You know, um, how, how did he get through that B gap? How did he get around the edge? You know, because the, the schemes were, were kind of new. Jimmy Johnson in, uh, in Philadelphia was doing the same thing as we were doing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I mastered it. I dominated. I had 28 career sacks. You know, the only other my only other peer in that category is Charles, uh, who, who played outside inside corner. Um, and he ended up with 20 his last year, his 17th year. He got his 20th sack. And it's just, it's, it's, it's impossible to do. I just don't see it happening anymore. And then you tack on the fact that 47 interceptions, um, uh, you know, fourth most touch non-offensive touchdowns in the history of the NFL. Devin Hester, oh. yeah. Deion Sanders, Rod Woodson, Ronnie Barber. Yeah. You know, hey. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, Pat P, you hear you hear him laying down the law? Hey, man. <laughs> hey, stat check. Y'all better wake up, voters. Baby. <laughs> Listen, 28 sacks. People don't know how hard it is getting five sacks in your career yes. as a defensive back. Like yeah. 28. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a good run, man. <laughs> and I wanted to get the 30, but Shiano moved me to safety my last year, and I didn't get to blitz a damn quarterback as much. So <laughs> speaking of you. And all these different positions. You hold a record for 215, I mean, 215 consecutive uh, starting games. Yeah. Like, what was the key to your longevity with you playing all these different positions and yeah. blitz, but having to tackle, cover receivers? Yeah. What was your key? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Pat. And actually, I think it was 215 consecutive starts, but I played in 245 straight games. So my from my second year, the start of 98, until 2012, I didn't miss a game. Um, I didn't start all those during that 98, and I missed the start in 99. That's why the, that's why the number is is off. Um, mm -hmm. But the key, I mean, obviously, I'm blessed. I mean, I, you, you you can't deny God's blessings sometimes. Not yep. having any major injury. Um, uh, you know, I had some soft tissue stuff. I had some. I broke my forearm, but I broke my forearm 
the last game of a season. Like I would have missed the game then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I broke a thumb that I played through. You know, I, I, there was a lot of injuries uh, that hurt that didn't right. prevent me. That didn't prevent me from playing. Um, right. And uh, but I took I took care of myself. Obviously, the modalities that you use. A lot of a lot of these young guys ask me how. You know, hey. Go, how do you how do you how do you how do you stay healthy for that long? I was like, take care of yourself, right? right. You're making a lot of money. Most of that investment needs to go into your 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 body. It has, right. it has to, because uh, right. if you don't if you don't take care of yourself, it's not it's not going to take it's not going to happen uh, just by luck. You know, a lot of people, oh, you're lucky, never have gotten hurt. I was like, well, you know, the stuff I did on Monday and Tuesday, and then Thursday and Friday probably mm-hmm. went a long way in helping me stay healthy on Sunday. And yeah, right. I think, I think guys, young guys need to understand that it's not just showing up at the building, you know, going through the motions, go through practice and, you know, maybe getting the hot tub or whatever. I mean, it's, 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 it's gotta be dedicated work and there's a different plans for different people. Mm-hmm. John Lynch, John Lynch told me <laughs> that very early in my career, he used a method that I didn't use, but it was, a, it was a good method. And it gave me the idea that I need to find the modalities that make my body feel best on Sundays. Yeah. Well, it's true, man. It, it all worked out well for you because that number is phenomenal. And yeah. you need to go, you need to write a book about longevity <laughs> <laughs> in the National Football League, not just for defensive backs, but all positions, because that's something that a lot of people are, are striving for and they're falling short. A few questions regarding the current day Tampa Bay Buccaneers before we transition to the superlative part of the show. Do you believe this current group of guys with the Buccaneers, can they repeat currently in the second round of the playoffs, uh, getting ready to have another home playoff game? Do you think they have what it takes to be able to repeat as champions once again? Absolutely. Uh, if not just if not just because of Tom Brady. Yes. The, the guy makes a difference. Um, I know they're beat up. You know, Antonio Brown's no longer with the team. They lose Chris Godwin yeah. you know, about a month ago. Uh, it looks like that that wealth of uh, offensive talent that they had is somewhat diminished. But when I put the film on, I watch all their film. Gronk is still dominant. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans is dominant. And I think people forget how good Mike Evans is as a wide receiver. He's second in the league this year in touchdown receptions to Cooper Cup. He was two behind him. He had another thousand yard season. You know, he, he did all this quietly. I mean, he didn't get any, yeah. any post you know, uh, end of season recognition, really. Um, another great, great, great season. He just has so many other talented p- players around him that sometimes his greatness gets muted a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think having Tom Brady makes everybody else better. So it doesn't matter if it's Cyril Grayson who showed up a couple of weeks ago at wide receiver making big plays, whether it's Rashad, uh, Rashad Perriman who has been uh, you know needed this the, these past couple of games to make plays, whether it's Tyler Johnson, second year wide receiver out of Minnesota showing up to make plays, Tom Brady makes those guys better. Mm-hmm. But in reality, Bryant, the, the reason this team won a Super Bowl last year is because the last month and a half of the year, their defense was the best defense in football. Yep. And yep. no, there's no doubt about it that the, the, the Bucs were, were Super Bowl champions because of the way their defense played uh, down the stretch. And is this the same defense? No, they're not playing nearly as well as they were uh, at the end of the season last year, but they are getting healthy. You know, they missed 
Shaq Barrett and, and JPP for about four weeks this year. Levante David hurt his foot. He was out for about a month. Secondary hasn't started the same four guys. You get this. Haven't started the same four guys yet this season. Um, so it, are they are they good enough? Yes, because they're getting healthy and you yeah. want to be healthy at this time of year. And so I, I'm, I'm encouraged by them. I, th- I thought they did a great job last week against a pretty dang good run uh, team in Philly. Made them one dimensional. When they had to pass the ball, they absolutely couldn't do it. Um, and, and when you can't keep up with Tom Brady on offense, you, you're just not going to win. Now they they're, they're going to play this week against either Arizona or or LA. Yep. I'm not going to lie. Both both those teams scared me. <laughs> no question. Uh, because Kyler Kyler is a magician, and LA has the firepower um, uh, against the secondary. Our secondary, this Buck secondary, has been a little up and down roller coaster uh, this season. Um, but there's there's no reason they can't hang in in, in every game. So I, until until they lose, I, they're they're my favorite. There's mm-hmm. no chance for a reason. Gotcha. How long do you think Tom Brady will play? That's, that's the question of the week, man. Like, so what do you think? So you go back to back championships and you say, "I'm out, peace. I did it there. I did it here. I'm out." Or he loses and says, "You know what?" I'm going to, I need to, I need to come back and make this right. And I'm going to go try to win next year. I, I don't know. I have no idea. When I, when I first met Tom, when he came down here, um, um, he joined a golf club that I'm a member at. And um, I asked him, oh, hey, man, you're 43 years old, dude. How long are you playing for? <laughs> first of all, how are you playing this long? And how long are you going to And he's like, oh, I'm committed for two. Right. And that was mm-hmm. two years ago. Um, yeah. And and I think he probably has one more in him, um, but it depends on his decision after they go out, whether they go out as Super Bowl champions or whether they go out, you know, in the divisional or uh, championship round. I, I I don't know. I'd like to see him keep playing because I don't know a guy that can that can produce like him. Definitely not in college football right now. Yeah, I think. They, it has to feel and seem appealing to him, regardless if he wins. If he wins again and they add another dynamic playmaker to the offense and yeah. fires him up, like, oh, man, I got another chance to be great again. Like, the personnel is improving. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what? Oh, we got another shot. Yeah. Run it back. Yeah, run it back, man. Look, you know what He's like running back last year because everybody was returning. Everybody was signing back. So he's like, man, look what we got coming back. Running back. But if the personnel is kind of starting to diminish a little bit, yeah. he might not be inclined to uh, to swing again at it. But who knows? The man loves football. He can't yeah, question that. And when he's dialed in, he's dialed in. So we have think, to wait and see. Yeah, I think the question, the part of that question will be answered by the way that Jason Light, the general manager, and Mike Greenberg, their cap guy, manage their cap. They got some. Yep. They got some cap issues, buddy. Um, no question. Uh, they, they're trying to sign long-term deals with some key players. Vita Vea just signed. Defensive tackle just signed this mm-hmm. this week. But yeah. you know, Chris Godwin was was franchise tag from yep. last year, and he was going to hit the market until his, until he blew out his knee, which was very unfortunate. But you got to yeah. make a decision. You got to make a decision on him. You got to make a decision on Ronald Jones, backup running back. You got to make a decision on Leonard Fournette, starting running mm-hmm. back. Uh, <clears throat> you got some offensive linemen that are going to be looking at contract extensions. You know, it, it's it's Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis is the best DB, and yeah. he, you know, looking to get paid. 
Yeah, he, he was, you know, you know, yeah. it's, you know how hard it is to keep a team together. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's generally the reason why Super Bowl teams fall apart is because guys go, they just go. Yeah. All right. Well, Rondé, we're going to transition to our superlative part of our show. We're going to hit you with rapid fire questions. We want you like an honest, unbiased answer. All right. All right. Start. Don't, 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 don't ask me if, if Patrick Peter was, Peterson was the best cover corner in the league because I'll say yes. <laughs> Okay, I got well. I got I. I well, I, I'm gonna throw just because you 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 mentioned that I'm gonna throw something into you that's not even in the rundown. But start, sit, cut, right? Okay. Your championship defense, <coughs> two thousand Ravens, eighty five Bears. Ooh, God, that man. I love. I love. I love. I mean, look, and this is not rapid fire because I got to give you a little bit of an explanation here. Okay, it's I watched, fine. I, I watched. The, I watched the Ravens beat the bejesus out of Tiki in the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. <laughs> that was in Tampa, by the way. Yeah, in Tampa. Oh. They beat the Giants. Mm-hmm. Our, our defense was pretty stellar, but no, it's 85 Bears. They so were, 85, so, so you start in the 85 Bears. Who you sit yeah, in and who you cut in? Start, sit, and what was the other one? Start, sit, and cut. So you're oh, going to start one, you're oh, going to sit one, and you cut. Oh, you cutting the Ravens. Okay, yes. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Best quarterback you ever played with? Cornerback? Quarterback. Quarterback, quarterback that I played with. Oh, man. Dude, I played with like a thousand. <laughs> go, go, look at, go look at how many quarterbacks I played with in my, in my career. <laughs> you did. You did. Like Chris Sims, Bruce Gronkowski, Brian oh. Greasy, uh, Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer, uh, Sean King. <laughs> wow. You did That's not me. <laughs> you got to pick one. Who the best? Um, all right, who's the best? Um, the most talented, and I don't think this is without question. He didn't pan out, but the most talented by far was Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman, Kansas uh, State. That kid was going to be great. And he had, he had what it took. What physically. happened? Life. Yeah. <laughs> life. Yeah. It's dude. Football. Football. <laughs> life. Yeah, football life balance is not easy, bro. Yeah, yeah. For a quarterback, especially it's for gotten quarterback. a lot of people. It's gotten a lot of people out of the league. Uh, oh. he, just, he just didn't manage it well, dude. It's unfortunate because he was talented. Josh Freeman, I forgot about that name. Yeah. First rounder. I remember, remember he made that picture of uh, he remade that Michael Jackson picture. Oh my god! <laughs> what Michael Jackson picture? I'm. I'm oh, I think I'm you gonna, really. Hey. There, there is a there is there is an interconnected web with a Google search in it. Go look it up, dude. I gotta <laughs> check that one out. I gotta check that one out. I'm, I'm totally forgetting that one. All right, personal stat in the NFL you're you're most proud of? Um, probably uh, my my 28 sacks because it's a unique it's a unique number for my position. Um, seconded probably by the number of tackles that I made, mm-hmm. uh, but in Bucks history. I'm second all-time leading tackler. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I don't know a corner in NFL history that has more tackles than I did. I mean, I, granted, I played 16 years, uh, but I took a lot of pride in my ability to get ball carriers down. And it's not like I'm big. I mean, Pat's seen me. I'm five ten and a half, you know, five nine and a half. You know, claiming five ten, you know, right. 185 pounds. But, you know, uh, I love tackling, man. Uh, it, it was the wrestler in me. I was a wrestler growing up, so yeah. I think I think that had a little bit to do with it. Okay, I can. Uh, let me see. Favorite 
regular interception. Did you, no, you didn't ask that. Favorite interception uh, of your career, regular season interception. Of your regular season. It's funny. Yeah. Um, I have a couple because I, I remember one time I climbed the ladder against Pittsburgh and went up and got a ball over Plaxico. Uh, okay, climbed the ladder. Climbed the ladder. <laughs> five, five nine, all five nine of me. Yeah. Um, I had another one in the, in the in the game where I got my 20th sack, right? I got my 20th sack against uh, against the Carolina Panthers. But I had an interception in that game in the red zone. They were going in to score in the red zone where I kind of went over uh, Ricky Pearl's back, tipped it up, intercepted it, turned the ball up. It was, it was a pretty cool-looking interception. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, had, I got Aaron Brooks three times, twice in my career. Mm-hmm. So any one of those, uh, and one of them was over. It was down at uh, your stadium at, at LSU there after oh. Katrina. Um, but my favorite one was uh, it was it was it was in 2006. Uh, the Bucks just made me do a film session on this the other week. It was against Philly, and you know I was uh, I mean I was ardent film studier in PP, and I understood what routes were coming at me and what routes weren't coming at me. Mm-hmm. And Donovan gave me play action pass and he play action away from me. So I saw his back. I saw his numbers. Mm-hmm. There's one, there's, there's two, about two routes that he can run. He can run a 15 yard comeback. He can run a, a 15 yard in break and dig. Yeah. One route he's not running is a takeoff. Mm-hmm. So I, so I, 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 you know, I was a technician, pedal, kick 180, and then just dropped my foot in the ground and stole this, this, this comeback and scored. And it was like it was a it was knowledge, technique, and then skill kind of marrying themselves oh. together. And it was just like it was a perfect interception for a touchdown. And oh, uh, it was it, it was just cool. It was you know, I, I love it. I think about it all the time. I think about you know you, you know when you when you when you hit that back foot and your hips just go. And yeah, you're, mm-hmm. and you're and you're gone. <laughs> and you're like, it looks like you've ran the route, and you're you know you're right. back and turning. Right. So. Wow. That's dope. Man, that's dope. That's yes, dope. Sir. Last question for you, Rondé. True or false? Florida State, Virginia, Charlottesville, ah. work done, scored. True or false? Well, you know, honest, what? honest, right. unbiased right. answer. Right. Right. True or false? At- Thursday night football, <laughs> Virginia have, they got the blue jerseys, white pants, Florida State, white jerseys, Gold pants, Thursday night football, Lee Corso and the crew calling the game. Oh my God. Warwick done score, true or false? Brian, Brian, <laughs> I was uh I was looking at your jersey over your over your left shoulder right there saying, yep. man, I hope he asked me a Florida State question. <laughs> yeah, <I agree. laughs> you know what? So let me let me let me let me uh let me church this story up a little bit. So let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, Warwick and I, you know, we got drafted the same year here, right? In 19, mm-hmm. in 1997. And prior to that, him and Tiki were like co-offensive players of the year or whatever. So we had kind of had this relationship, right? So we come here, we're staying at the Homewood Suites or something. That's where they put the rookies at. And and Warwick bought a house and I was building a house that was mm-hmm. taking forever. And uh, we move out, of, he moves out of Homewood. And he's like, hey man, you want to live with me? I was like, yeah, I'll come. I'll come crash with you. We lived on. Um, we, we slept on air mattresses for eight months, dude. Mm. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. But I've had this conversation. So that being said, I've had this conversation maybe a hundred thousand times with with with, with work. 
and he claims he scored. And I say, <laughs> I say, you would have scored. True answer here, Brian. You mm-hmm. would have scored if you hadn't fumbled the football. I, going down when he was going down. Go look down. at it. Go look at it. Adrian Burnham was our, he was a, a freshman safety who had to come into that game because Paul London, our starting safety, mm-hmm. got hurt. And he yeah. dove in right as Warwick was going to the goal line and touched the ball out. Yeah. Promise I, you. He, he still scored, Rondé. <laughs> no, he did not score. <laughs> you guys were mad because Florida State was, was running the ACC. Oh, and my God. It was all in cahoots. Were and that was the only way. Oh, y'all were, y'all hey, were unbeatable. I can tell you this much, though. Your defense was loaded. Poindexter yeah. was one of my favorite yeah. defenders I used to love watching. You had uh, the damn shit out too. Oh my God. goodness. Oh, they had James Ferrier on that team, yep. right? Yep. J- Potsy, James Ferrier. Yep. Yes, sir. Jamie Sharper was on yep. that. On Sharper. That defense. Um, we had another guy uh, who was a first round draft pick of the Eagles. He didn't really, he didn't really pan out. His name was John Harris. He was like mm-hmm. a six, eight defensive lineman. First round, he ended up being a first round draft pick. Um, Skeet Jones, I think he got a couple of snaps. Uh, brought, uh, God, there was another middle linebacker that ended up playing in the league. But yeah, we had we had a lot, man. Yeah, Percy, lot. Ells- Percy Ellsworth mm-hmm. was our starting safety that year. Played yeah, for the I, had, yeah, I had a team with Loader. Yeah, <clears throat> but Pat P, we all know we all know Dunn scored. You don't <laughs> want to say he won't be able to go back to Charlottesville if he said the truth, but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Hey, but Rondé, man, appreciate you joining us. Appreciate you joining us, man. One of the all-time greats, man. Super Bowl yes. champion. Five-time Pro Bowler. Five-time All-Pro. And we're going to speak this into existence right now. Soon to be Hall of, of Famer. Love Rondé it, Barber, man, joining us here. All Things Covered, man. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Y'all, y'all do good stuff, man. Y'all, y'all keep this going. Yes. This is good. Yes, appreciate it. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.